anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny the Gentile Profita. Hope everyone is doing well. Thank you so very much for listening. And for all of you new listeners out there not familiar with the show, I talk about politics, current events, sometimes a little economics, and general agreed-upon libertarian philosophy. And once a week or every other week, whenever Johnny the Jew feels like working us into his schedule, we do an episode together, the Jew and the Gentile edition. But today I am flying solo, and I had planned on doing a meaningful episode, sort of more of a highbrow episode addressing things that actually matter. <laughs> but as I'm sure you're all aware by now, Donald Trump tweeted something. So obviously, everything must grind to a halt. Literally, nothing else matters. There, there could be an asteroid days away from destroying the Earth. And if Trump tweets something, something mean... God forbid he starts tweeting shit at a person of color. You, that would be the focus. That would be everyone's focus. That would be the headline on CNN, MSNBC, all of these news outlets. That would seize the attention of the American people. This is where we are as a society. This is the theater of the absurd. So I thought I'd give you my thoughts. <laughs> on this whole Twitter spat between Donald Trump and the squad because, you know me, I never want to miss an opportunity to get called a racist myself. So, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I do, I do think there are some interesting aspects about this whole charade. It's just not what anyone is really reporting on or any of the mainstream is really talking about. All you get from the great thinkers of our time, these people that are still suffering from being stranded on Tom Woods's three by five index card of allowable opinion, is that Trump is a racist, and if you don't like it, you can leave. Right? I mean that that's the extent of the arguments on both sides. It, it's a perfect example of how every media outlet completely misses the mark. They get the story completely wrong, and, and Trump is able to get them to just reveal themselves for, for these shrills, for these shrills of the Democratic Party. Um, 
or shrills of the Republican Party. I mean, it it just depends on whatever whatever perspective they're coming from. But he is unbelievable at getting the media to reveal themselves. The the headlines, all of the headlines that I saw everywhere on the internet, all over social media, all over TV, they all started with the same assertion: Trump's racist tweets. <laughs> you know, as if it's not debatable. It's just fact. This is it. These tweets are racist. And, you know, it's amazing to me that the media that hates Trump so much that would love nothing more than to take him down and, and people on the left whose biggest fear is four more years of a Trump presidency, for people that are so obsessed with this guy, their every waking moment is completely devoted to him. It's all they can think about, and yet they, they understand practically nothing about him. Nothing about what makes him tick, nothing about the way that he thinks, nothing about his political strategy, nothing about this Trump phenomenon. Because remember, Trump was never, Trump was never supposed to be president. He was supposed to be a joke. He was a joke of a candidate. He was never supposed to make it this far. He has no previous experience in politics. He's just this buffoon reality TV show star for the last 10 years. And before that, you know, real estate mogul slapping his fucking name up in the most tackiest way possible on any building that would pay him to do it. And yet here he is. So like him or hate him, and I'm not a fan, but you have to admit that there's something to this Trump moment. This moment that we are in, these last couple of years have really been unbelievable. You know, maybe it's not as simple as just Trump's a racist. But they're, the whole mainstream media, the whole Democratic Party, all these people, even the Republican Party, uh, all these uh, never-Trumpers in the Republican Party, their only takeaway from this whole fiasco, the last four years or so of, of Trump is to shout racism at the top of their lungs. That's the extent of their analysis. That's the extent of their reflection on the biggest political upset in the history of the country. That's it. That's it. Trump's racist, and all the people that voted for him must be racist too. <laughs> I mean, and of course, because the, the congresswomen, everybody knows that he's referring to in these tweets are minorities, not surprisingly, all the NPCs were out in full force with the same boring, low IQ, typical responses, typical assertions. Oh, that's racist. That's racist. You see, because Trump said something mean, and he said it to people that have a different skin color. Therefore, it's racist, and he's racist. That's the extent of all their arguments. That's basically all these squad members in, in particular, the Democratic Party in general, and the mainstream media have to offer. That's it. And it's finally starting to resonate less and less with people. I mean, you can only cry wolf so many times. And the level of outrage, the level of outrage over these tweets is so out of proportion. The level of outrage over Trump in general is so out of proportion. Everybody thinks he's this uniquely evil president, or he's uniquely bad. 
He's not. He's just like all the rest of them. He's just more vicious to his to his uh, opponents. <laughs> I mean, he's just more upfront and open with his attacks. I mean, these are fucking tweets, okay? Trump's a shit talker on Twitter. He's a prick. I I I don't know what to tell you. You know, you, you read the tweets or you don't. You chuckle or you don't. And then you get on with your life with things that actually matter. All this pearl clutching going on as if these tweets are the worst thing in the world. It's just a text message, for Christ's sake. Get over it. Don't you have anything better to do with your life? Don't you have more important things to worry about? I mean, if you are one of these people genuinely offended by tweets, who's literally shaking right now because Trump told four crazy women to go back and fix their countries or whatever crap he decides to spew out on Twitter. If you're one of these people, you're a loser. You have a loser mentality. And quite honestly, you're kind of making Trump's case for him. His entire argument is, every, you know, I'm Trump, I'm great, everything is terrific, I'm the greatest, I made America great again in record time, and now we're going to keep America great, right? Unbelievable, everything's awesome. That's his argument. I, I, I did all these great things, the economy's the, the best we've had in the history of the world, history of the country. Now, if that weren't true... And we actually had serious problems. You know, we were really into some serious shit, which we are, by the way. Trump is completely full of it. The economy is a disaster. Our foreign policy is a disaster. Our domestic policies, my God, are disasters. But if you really had problems in your life, real life and death situations or you had a job and responsibilities and real things to worry about then you wouldn't give these tweets a second thought you'd brush them off as you should any shit talker on the internet <laughs> and move on to the important things that actually affect you but if you're such a if you're in such a privileged position that you have to go searching for things to be offended by that you have no bigger fish to fry than to fret over something some bureaucrat tweets out. That condemning that and throwing some temper tantrum over some mean words, then you are in essence proving Trump right. That everything is awesome. The biggest problems in your lives is that we have some mean guy on the internet tweeting things. <laughs> The level of outrage over this is not commensurate with what was said. And it never is with anything Trump says. I mean, you, you can't have everything turned up to the max all the time. People start to tune you out. They get exhausted. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, Trump's a racist, right, whatever. He's this racist that never misses an opportunity to rave about the historically low black unemployment and all the wonderful things that he thinks he's done to help the, the black community throughout America. Yeah, he's that, he's that racist over there. Or he's literally Hitler. He's a white supremacist. He's a Nazi. Yeah, okay. He's this Jew-loving Nazi we've heard so much about. We've actually found the unicorn of white supremacism. A Jew-loving Nazi, the most pro-Israel president we've ever had, 
whose beautiful, beautiful, tremendously gorgeous daughter, Ivanka, married a Jewish guy. They had a Jewish ceremony. I mean, he's got Jews in his family. I mean, that's literally one of the things that he was criticizing Ilan Omar for in these tweet storms, is, is that she hates Israel. Now, look, I, I think this whole Republican obsession with Israel is absolutely retarded. And I actually agree with some of the things that Omar says when it comes to Israel and our foreign policy. She's actually right about a lot of that. But does anyone try to make that argument or address the validity of what she says on that topic? Of course not. It's just Trump's a racist. That's the most important thing. Don't you know that a racist is the worst thing you can be in 2019? That approach already didn't work for the Democrats. He got elected with you guys doing nothing but calling him a racist, bigot, homophobe, the second coming of Hitler, a fascist, all day, every day, on every news station other than Fox for over a year. He already won the election with that going on. And so now you're just doubling down on a failed strategy. You guys are so delusional. You're so out of touch, so blinded by your hatred of Trump that you don't even realize that more and more people are so sick of hearing this shit. Racism means nothing anymore. Go ahead. Somebody define racism for me in 2019. Does anybody know what it means anymore, according to the left? Or is it just a feeling now? They love to talk about feelings. So maybe it's just a feeling that you get. I feel you're a racist, therefore you meet the definition of racism. Is that what it is? Because you've labeled everyone to the right of Bernie Sanders a racist. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was literally calling Nancy Pelosi a racist a couple days before Trump started this tweet storm. I mean, that was just a couple days ago. Nancy Pelosi was the racist. Now it's Donald Trump again. Now we're back on Donald Trump. The policies that Barack Obama ran on and was elected twice, praised as the second coming of Jesus, you know, the most dignified president ever, on the cover of magazines every chance he got, Nobel Peace Prize winning black Jesus, not even 10 years ago. His views on issues like abortion, gay marriage, immigration, transgenders. His positions on those issues 10 years ago gets you branded as Hitler today. So, I mean, racism is practically meaningless now that it's been so overused and so vaguely applied. And that's why they have to start using terms like white supremacist and white nationalist because racism is played out. It's lost all its cachet. So, you know, now he's not a racist. He's a white supremacist. That's, that's the new big one, right? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what do you guys expect the, the half of the country or so that are Republicans to do with that? It's like, oh, well, that, that changes everything. Hang on, hang on. He, he's more than just this vague notion of a racist. He's a white supremacist now? Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I'll adopt all your retarded beliefs now. My whole worldview about the role of government and the size and scope of government, that all goes out the window because you've now elevated a Republican from a mere racist to the vaunted white supremacist. 
<laughs> I mean, has that ever worked? Has that ever worked for you guys? And when people look around in their daily lives and they don't see any of this racism that you claim is taking us by storm, or they even listen to Trump's speeches where he talks about how proud he is of himself, that he's done all these things to help minorities, or when he explicitly comes out and says, I'm not a racist, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I mean, that's, you have to admit, that's a little weird for the most racist person ever to say, right? To bend over backwards, to tell people how unracist you are? Is that what the, the David Dukes of the world are doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's when all, when all of this rhetoric doesn't jive with reality and the supply of racism isn't meeting the demand that for it coming out of the Democratic Party, that's when you have to start calling for more and more things to be racist. That's why they have to keep expanding what is racist. They have nothing else to run on. I, I just saw the other day, Chris Pratt is now taking shit for wearing a Don't Tread on Me shirt. Now that's racist. Don't Tread on Me is racist. The Betsy Ross flag is racist. They have to keep expanding what's considered racist because not only is there less and less racism for them to point to, but they have to be able to point to some boogeyman and, and pigeonhole as many people as they can as white supremacists and sort of loop them in with whatever boogeyman they're pointing to because that's all they can do. It's all they have. All they have are meaningless buzzwords that they've overused, free stuff, and a failed socialist ideology. All of you are looking at this two-party system we have the wrong way. You're buying into this bullshit narrative. You're falling for the propaganda. Of these two parties, you think that the Democrats are the ones that want to end the racism and the Republicans are the ones that, that want to keep it. Right? The Republicans are the racists and the Democrats hate racism. And they want to end it. You've got it ass backwards, okay? And, and I'm not saying that as some Republican or some Democrat. I, I reject the whole system. I don't have a dog in this fight, but it's just so obvious to anyone who isn't on one of these teams. If, you're, if, if Republicans could snap their fingers and eliminate racism once and for all, they'd do it in a heartbeat if nothing more than just for the fact that they wouldn't be getting called racist all the time for literally just existing. It's a political weapon that they're constantly being beaten over the head with. So of course they want to do away with racism. And if you think Democrats want to end racism, you think they legitimately want it to go away, their only political weapon, the only thing that they have... The only response that they can come up with to any argument or any proposal, the only tool that they have to gain support and maintain a voting block, you better believe they don't want racism to end. They want to perpetuate it. They want to stoke those flames. They have to. They have to do that in order to keep their stranglehold on, on power. If they don't have racism, what do they have? Why do you think they went into hyper overdrive with all this racism stuff after Obama got elected? 
It's because their entire worldview, this notion that America is this racist nation that would never let a black man get ahead and that that they've been perpetuating for the last 60 years or so, it was all in jeopardy because we just did it. This racist country just elected a black guy twice. It's like, oh shit, you know, we better dig and dig and move the goalposts and expand the definitions, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to prove that, no, 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 we're all actually a bunch of racists. Despite all that evidence to the contrary, we're really racist. Deep, deep down inside, we're racist. You know, even if you don't see it, it's, it's ingrained. You know, it's, it's unconscious racism. And it's why Jussie Smollett has to fake hate crimes. It's why they define racism as prejudice plus power or whatever they say. It's why they constantly harp on every little thing. It's why they're obsessed with it. They view everything through the lens of race. It's why racism now embodies anything from a dog whistle to lynchings and slavery. You know, milk, that's racist. Peanut butter and jelly, racist. Oh, you like eating foods from other cultures? That's cultural appropriation. You're racist. <laughs> I mean, that, that's when, that's all, yeah, that's also when dog whistling became a thing. I think right around the Obama uh, election or when Obama took office, which is just perfect for them. Uh, dog whistling is perfect for them because now you don't even have to say anything outwardly racist or even racist at all. But we can still call you a racist because, you know, dog whistling. <laughs> I mean, it really is unbelievable. You know, when Obama got elected, there were all these people that were like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. We've proven once and for all that we're no longer this racist country. We have a black man in the White House. This is going to be great for all the racial tensions in America. We could put that chapter behind us and move on. <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, no, no, no. Look around. Look at what is going on here. That is not what's happening. You're challenging a worldview that is so ingrained in people. Their entire identities are wrapped up in seeing racism everywhere. They aren't just going to give that up. You've got all these race baiters out there whose livelihoods depend on all this collectivist crap. They aren't just going to give that up. They'll find racism somewhere, no matter how hard they have to squint to see it. <laughs> and so here we are. Here we are. July 2019. Trump's tweets. You know, no mention of race whatsoever. But they were directed at people who have a different skin color than him. So obviously, they're racist tweets. And, you know, the initial tweets that sparked this whole thing weren't just go back to your country as, as seems to be widely reported and interpreted. It's always amazing to me how the, how the left and right interpret things. I, I, I'll be talking to one of my lefty friends, right? And they'll be like, oh, did you hear, did you see Trump's r racist tweets? He told all these minorities to go back to their country. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I saw the tweets. Not exactly what he said, but um, yeah, so we'll, well, here are the tweets. Here are the tweets that started this whole thing. Okay, this is Donald Trump. So interesting to see progressive, that's in quotation marks, Democratic 
congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix their, the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. <laughs> now, okay, first of all, <laughs> only one of these squad members is actually from another country. So, I mean, yeah, was this a stupid thing to say? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the first time Trump tweeted out something that was completely ridiculous. But let's pretend for the sake of argument that all of these congresswomen immigrated to the U.S. Is it a racist tweet? Is it racist to tell them to go, uh, to go back to their country and, and, and fix the problems over there? I, I, no, it, it's just not. I, I'm sorry. There, there's nothing racist about telling someone who, who came here from a dysfunctional country who's now trying to implement a bunch of terrible ideas that we know from history and from looking to the very same countries that you've pointed to in the past as your ideal models of socialism, you know, Venezuela, Soviet Union. These were all places that were praised by these people before they inevitably crumbled into failed states. But you came from a broken country, right? Far worse off than America, which as far as countries go, functions fairly well. I mean, as good as a government can, I suppose. And now you're trying to radically change America to look more like these other countries? So why don't you go back and, and fix your broken country before you try telling us what to do? I mean, that, that's what he's saying here. But we know that implementing those ideas here would be a disaster. But if you think your ideas are so great and that you can fix all these broken countries if you just implement them, go back to Somalia and fix it. They're much worse off over there than we are over here. Go do it over there. They're desperate. And once you do that and they become this world superpower that's better than America, come back here and show us how you did it. <laughs> that, that's basically what Trump is saying here. Not as eloquently as I just did, obviously, because he's Trump. <laughs> I mean, does he say anything eloquently? Has he ever shown a grasp of the English language ab above a, a sixth or seventh grade level? Of course not. And there's a lot wrong with that argument. If we look at it in a vacuum with no context, you know, the idea that whatever country you're, you're coming from or whatever country you're from has any bearing on the validity of your ideas? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But is it racist? No. It's not inherently racist at all. For one thing, countries are not synonymous with race. It's just a fucking country. It's not a skin color. You can come from a country that has all sorts of races. And just simply saying something to someone who is of a different race 
doesn't mean what you're saying is racist. I mean, this may come as quite a shock to some people, but you can have a disagreement with someone of a different skin color, and you can even be mean to them because you think their ideas are bad or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily make you a racist. Simply disagreeing with Democrats, despite what they'll tell you, does not make you a racist. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. I mean, of course, that's how it's always spun. And people that are always obsessed with race and looking for race are going to see that when they, you know, once they realize that it's a white guy talking to a Hispanic person or a white guy talking to a black person, that's how they're going to spin it. But he's not directing these comments. You know, Trump's not directing these comments at the Thomas Souls of the world or the Larry Elders of the world. He's not directing any of his meanness to black people or Hispanic people who agree with his worldview. It's directed at a belief system. It's about an ideology. It could just as easily have been someone from Canada. You know, if we had a, a, some group of Canadians in Congress that wouldn't shut the fuck up about how backwards America was and how it's, how it's this evil country and we need to change this and we need to change that to make it more like Canada, you know, with their obnoxious Canadian accents. Like, oh yeah, see, America sucks, you know. They're terrible over there. Terrible. You're a terrible president. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you, if you honestly, you honestly don't think Trump would just look at those Canadians and be like, yeah, great. Go back to Canada with your, with your retarded ideas and see how that goes over there. And then when you fix Canada, you can come show us how to, how to do it, how, how it's done. I mean, race had nothing to do with this. It's about the countries and the ideas that they embrace. Just because all of these women happen to have been minorities has no bearing on Trump's reaction. Trump will attack anybody. He doesn't care. He doesn't hold back. That's, that's been his modus operandi since day one. That's what he does. He attacks you regardless of skin color, regardless of your gender, regardless of your sexuality. He doesn't care. He doesn't play by your rules. If you attack Trump, he's going to come at you swinging. And if you praise Trump, you could be Kim Jong-un. He'd be one of the worst human beings on the face of the earth. But if you say something nice about him, then he'll say something nice about you. But if you come at him, and if you're constantly berating him, berating his policies, berating his ideas, call it, you know, telling him how big of a failure he is or whatever, he's going he's gonna to come, he's gonna come at you with everything he's got. In that sense, you know, he may actually be less racist than the majority of politicians because he doesn't treat anybody differently because of their skin color or their gender or their sexuality or whatever. He doesn't give a shit about any of that. All he cares about is that you dissed the almighty Trump and now you must pay. That is it. And I mean, in what world can you expect to call Donald Trump you know, Hitler, trash the job he's doing as president, all, this, all these mean things about him, and not expect him to fight back? That's the other thing. They always act surprised. It's, it's as if th these tweets were unprovoked. Like, they were just being people of color, minding their own business, walking down the street, and Donald Trump came up to them and just said, hey, 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 we don't want your kind in here. You need to get the hell out. Go back to your country. 
I mean, that's the way they portray it. They just pretend like these crazy chicks don't spend every waking moment trashing Trump, trashing America. They all hold this belief that America is this uniquely evil country, this irredeemable, racist, white supremacist country. They're trashing American culture as this toxic thing that needs to be done away with. That we are this evil, irredeemable country, and we need to look to other countries to import the values that we should have. And that that doesn't warrant a response. Or that white people can't respond to that because they're white. I mean, who's the real racist here? The idea that you can't talk shit to anyone other than people who are of your same race or gender is just ridiculous. Because that's the argument, right? That's what everyone wants to be the case. The squad can talk as much shit as they want. They can call Trump racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, Hitler, fascist. The whole nine yards, they can run down their list of talking points. And since they're brown or black or whatever, and he's white, he's not allowed to fire back or he's a racist. It's just such bullshit, man. But those are the rules now. That's the society they're trying to create. You know, the last like 10 years or so, you can say whatever you want about white people. And it's literally celebrated, no matter how bad it is. Some of those vile, racist things you can imagine. And some of them are just downright insane. They're creating areas of campus where white people aren't allowed to go. White people shouldn't be doing this or white people shouldn't be doing that. We don't want a white guy to have that job. We've had enough white guys do that already. White people can't eat that food. White people can't have an opinion on this topic or that topic because they're white. White people shouldn't be allowed over here or over there. there. There's one university that has a day when white people aren't supposed to attend. So, so you can trash white people and their culture all you want, but they can't say anything to you that can be remotely construed as racist, even though we've now expanded that definition of the word to mean anything that we want it to be, or you're Hitler. <laughs> I mean, how do, how do you expect that to play out, by the way? You think white people are just going to continue to take that abuse laying down? You think you're doing anything to improve racial, racial tensions in the country? You honestly think that's going to make things better? It's just more evidence that they have no interest whatsoever in eliminating racism. As if that's even possible. But I mean, <laughs> look around. They're the ones perpetuating it every chance they get. And, and now Trump comes out and tweets, you know, try going back to your country and implement your ideas first. And if you don't like this country, you're free to leave. And, and that's racist, right? It's like, um, okay. If, I, if I'm Trump, I'm going, wait, wait a minute. I'm the racist here? What are you talking about? Look at all the wonderful things I've done for the African-American community here. We have record low unemployment. Look at the economy. It's tremendous. It's terrific. America's doing fine. I, I don't believe any of this, but um, this, is what, this is what he believes, or at least this is what, all the things that he says. You know, America's doing fine. The problems are over there in all those countries with minorities that you claim to be so concerned about. So why don't you go over there, use your awesome ideas to fix those countries, and after you get South America and Somalia under control, you can come back here and show us how it's done. <laughs> 
I mean, if you believe that America is the greatest country on earth, that we have this tremendous government and everything is terrific, as Trump is constantly proclaiming, why would he want to start modeling it after other countries that aren't as good? Why wouldn't he tell you to go to countries that are demonstrably worse off than America and tell you to use your genius ideas to fix those before you address the problems in America? You know, if the world was one big organism or like, you know, one trauma victim and you have all these countries, you know, Somalia being one of them, they're like vital organs, right? That are disasters. They're in, they're all in critical condition. People like Trump, Trump supporters, they believe that America is great again and they just need to maintain it now. It, it would be like bringing the world into the ICU of the galaxy and, and focusing all of your attention on the part of the world that's the best off. Like if America needed a facelift or something and that's what the, 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 the galaxy doctors in the ICU are focusing on while we have internal bleeding over in Somalia. I mean, that's the perspective they're coming from. And all of these women in this squad, and by, by the way, how long did it take these geniuses to come up with that name, huh? Squad. <laughs> oh, God. The, all these women take this sort of position of maintaining their, you know, their own culture within America and that these other countries are so much better than America or whatever. You know, that's fine. Whatever. But when your whole identity, everything that you talk about, all of your policy prescriptions are couched in this like anti-American value rhetoric, and this is such an evil country, it's like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe when you put it in that context, maybe there is something to it. Maybe there is something to that, that old uh, Uncle Rico. You know what, Napoleon? You can leave. <laughs> you can leave if you don't like it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But I do know that that argument will resonate with a lot of people. That's one thing I do know for sure. You know, this line of reasoning that you've benefited, you've all benefited from everything that America has to offer. I mean, you were from Somalia. You were a fucking bartender a few months ago. And now look at all this power and this wealth that you've been able to achieve. And all you do is attack the country the very people that made all that possible. And all you really are is some bureaucratic parasite that's never created anything, never produced anything. You're suckling off the teat of the American people. If you're so enamored with these socialist, European socialist countries, you know, there's the door. <laughs> I mean, that's the message that will resonate with a lot of American people, especially the ones that have had to spend the last you know, 10 or 15 years listening to how evil they are for being straight white men. How they need to apologize for their toxic masculinity and for their skin color. I mean, believe me, more and more people are getting fed up with this shit. Where do you think the alt-right came from? I mean, I can't roll my eyes hard enough. It's physically impossible for me to roll my eyes the way I'd like to when I start getting lectured to by some 29-year-old former bartender bureaucrat that hasn't figured anything out, literally knows nothing. It's too stupid to realize that socialism is a fatally flawed ideology that only has one train of thought, 
this low IQ, one set of zombie talking points. Oh, that's racist. Oh, that's patriarchy. Oh, that's toxic masculinity, white supremacy, literally Hitler. I mean, if, if I'm getting fed up with it. Someone who doesn't subscribe to any political party, who doesn't vote, doesn't carry water for Republicans or Democrats, who doesn't hold our government up on some pedestal or in some high regard, a, a guy who doesn't have this ingrained sense of nationalistic pride, someone who's just existing in the world of politics and just looks at everyone involved and sees the insanity of the whole thing, you better believe that all of those statists who's on that team, the team that you're attacking, they're going to be feeling the same way. And, and look, you know, nobody is more familiar with the if you don't like it, you can leave argument than libertarians. We hear that shit all the time. I addressed that argument in my episode on the social contract which everyone should go back and listen to, by the way. Ironically enough, Eric July, he's a very popular ANCAP and musician. If you haven't listened to his ANCAP raps, you need to Google that shit right now because it, it's pretty fucking awesome. But anyway, I saw him on Twitter the other day. He was pulling up old tweets of all the times that he's been told to move to Somalia by a bunch of white you know, liberal statist for his stances on government. That, that's the big saying. That, that, that's the big comeback of statist to, to libertarian ideology. Anytime we mention something like taxation is theft or end the fat or something like that, they'll, oh, if you don't like it, move to Somalia. Here it's great this time of year. <laughs> right? And Eric July is a black guy. And so he's got all these white liberals telling him to move to Somalia. Apparently it wasn't racist then even though he's black, but, it, but it's racist now because it's Trump saying it, right? And it wasn't racist then, and it's not racist now. Those people saying that to Eric July weren't telling him to go to Somalia because he was black. It was because of his ideology. It's all about ideology. And he never, and Eric July never took it as racist either. He understood that they weren't telling him to go to Somalia because he was black. They were telling him to go to Somalia because of his stance on government on the role of government. I mean, at least Trump says they can come back. <laughs> they, never, they never ask us to come back. It's go to Somalia, nice knowing you. <laughs> but I, I do see some differences in this case that I, I'll, I'll address really quickly. I mean, for one thing, libertarians aren't aggressing against anybody. We're not prescribing some massive government intervention based on theft and coercion. We just want to be left alone. And to that, to our request to not be violently expropriated, we're told that we're free to leave, you know? You know, we're also not clamoring on and on about all these virtues of some other country that actually exists that we'd want to be more like. I mean, if there was an Ancapistan, I'd be there in a heartbeat. But since there is no option other than some status country, yeah, where are we supposed to go? Anyway, I'm, get, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. <laughs> um, there's, some, there's also something weird about claiming that the U.S. is this racist, white supremacist country. And then at the same time, you're constantly trying to bring in a bunch of minorities and subject them to such atrocities. You know, if America is so evil, so irredeemably evil, so toxic, like all of these squad members will tell you, 
and we treat minorities so poorly. Why are you trying to get more of them into the country where they would have to suffer at the hands of all these white supremacists? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. There's also something hilarious about the fact that Ilan Omar can say things like, you know, on 9-11, some people did some things. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> And at the same time, she's outraged, she's horrified, all up in arms when Trump tweets something at her. I mean, what really happened here? Some person tweeted some things. It's no big deal, right? By her own logic. Uh, you know, some person tweeted some things. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. I mean, Trump is just trolling the shit out of these women. And they're too stupid to realize it. I mean, Trump's message of America first is going to resonate with more Americans than anything th these congresswomen are doing, who, who now more than ever just seem like they're more concerned with people from other countries. They're more concerned with helping people from other countries than their own constituents, than the actual Americans that they're supposed to represent. And Trump is playing off of that. I mean, it's a layup for him. You know, now he gets to tell all these Americans that these crazy Democrats hate you all. They hate all of you and all your values. They care more about those foreigners who are going to come over here and take your jobs than they care about you and your family. I mean, this narrative just writes itself. I mean, that's all a bunch of nonsense. But, I mean, look around at the American electorate. You don't think they're going to buy that? You don't think they're going to bite that hook, line, and sinker? And the other thing that this does is that Nancy Pelosi was in a, a pretty public feud with these squad members right before this happened because the squad is very unpopular among the establishment in Washington. Pelosi was belittling them. He's just like, oh, you know, you have this nice little group or whatever. And every time it was referenced, like, it's four people. It's like four people, whatever. You know, quiet down, fall in line. You need to play the game, and and this is how it's done. Like, watch, you know, watch and learn, kind of thing. So while she's trying to distance herself from this fringe group in the Democratic Party that she thinks is very detrimental to their cause, and the poll numbers bear that out as well. That none of these girls are very popular. But as soon as as soon as she starts to try to distance herself from it, Trump comes out with this, and and now Nancy Pelosi has to realign herself with these maniacs again. <laughs> now she's in the same camp as the nut job AOC. So he doubles down. Now he's tweeting, you know, if you don't like America, if you're a socialist or a communist, you're free to leave. You know, America's never going to be a, a, a communist country. <laughs> Again, not racist. It's based on ideology. There are no mentions of race, only ideology. <laughs> but, and I guess we can, we can set aside the fact that America will never become a communist country. I mean, look, we're, we're already there. If I were to read through the 10 planks of communism, I guarantee you we could probably check at least seven of those boxes. But all that aside... Now Trump's able to get Nancy Pelosi to come out and align herself with communists. No matter how much she tries to distance herself and, and keep AOC from opening her big, stupid mouth, you know, she wants to silence her. She does not want her in the spotlight. 
But Trump keeps pushing her to the forefront with these tweets. It's just like Pelosi comes out with this House resolution to condemn Trump's tweets. (laughs) I mean, if that isn't the dumbest, most pointless waste of time and energy. And that's really saying something coming from fucking Congress. I don't know what is, you know, what does that even do other than just naked virtue signaling? Like, look at us. Look how woke we are. We're against racism. You know, it's like, wow, wow. What a, what a bold, brave position to take this day and age. You're really a modern day abolitionist. You know that you're so brave, so brave. You know, you're all heroes. (laughs) I mean, look, it takes no guts whatsoever to come out and condemn racists. It's not even controversial in the least. The vast majority of people agree with you. The vast majority of people condemn racism. So congratulations. You agree with 90% of people. You're in the majority. What are you going to do next? Come out and condemn cancer? Is that your next bold policy stance? I'm against breast cancer. Where do all these congressmen and women come down on the issue of kicking puppies? As far as I know, they haven't condemned that, so that means they're for kicking puppies, right? You know, Tom Woods made this point in one of his books. I don't keep mentioning him, but great guy. Never met him. (laughs) Uh, But he made this point in one of his books. I think it was Real Descent. The irony is that all these people who conform to the majority thinking that take such bold stances as to agree with the, the mainstream popular culture, what 90% of people uh, agree with who are against racism and slavery, etc. Those are the very same people who would be supporting racism and slavery back when those ideas, when that belief system was what the vast majority of people in society subscribed to. It was the norm. It was typical. It's what you did for thousands of years. And there is no way, there is no way these lemmings who subscribe to all the mainstream train of thought, who are stuck on Tom Woods' 3 by 5 index card of allowable opinion, would have the guts, would have the logic, would have been radical enough to suggest that slavery was immoral when everyone else in the world, other than the 3% of abolitionists, everyone else believed it was the only way to organize society. These are the people, these people shouting against racism today who are vehemently against slavery. These are the people that would be the biggest proponents of slavery, proponents of the status quo back in the mid, you know, early to mid 1800s. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked again. The point is, this is exactly what Trump wants to have happen. You guys are playing right into his hand. And and you're too stupid or too blinded by your Trump derangement syndrome and your hatred of Donald Trump to realize it. You think making a federal case out of these tweets and having some bullshit House resolution to condemn them is going to make people not like Trump? It's not. It's not going to happen. It's just going to make you guys look like the idiots that you are. It's going to reveal how crazy you are, how out of touch, how misguided. And that's all Trump needs to do. He doesn't need people to like him. He just needs people to vote for him. And in order to do that, all he has to do is show how insane the other party is, present himself as less crazy than them, and it's a wrap. 
trying to get people to like him would just make him come across as some weak-ass beta male. That's not his style. So that's why he's doubling down on these tweets. If you think people care so much about these tweets that they'll vote against Trump in favor of the party that supports the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you are crazy. You better start mentally preparing yourself for four more years of literally shaking. Because if the economy can maintain this appearance, this illusion of strength, I mean, we do not have a strong economy. It's, believe me, it's a disaster. It's one gigantic debt-driven bubble, and it will eventually collapse. But if, if the bottom doesn't fall out from under this economy before the next election, Trump will maintain the mantra, you know, four more years, keep America great again, being pro-American worker, you know, we're winning, we're sticking it to China, I'm going to protect your jobs. And that's what people care about. You could shout racism till you're blue in the face. Call them Hitler, white supremacist, white nationalist. Nobody's listening anymore. You've overplayed that hand. It didn't work in 2016, and it won't work in 2020. If your entire platform is going to be orange man bad, and let's open our borders so all these poor people from all these other countries can come in and you blue-collar workers over there can support them through school, pay all their medical bills, support your own family while you're at it, and we're going to probably have to raise your taxes to fund the socialist utopia. Oh, and by the way, they may steal some of your jobs and drive down your wages. It doesn't matter how many times you scream racism or how loudly you shout it. Trump will be your president for another four years, all the white supremacist rhetoric notwithstanding. So if you're tired of being one of these people, one of these bobblehead lemmings that are, that are being told what to think by this mainstream media, by these politicians, oh, Trump's a racist, oh, that's racist, that's the extent of everything that you know on the subject. If you're tired of being in that majority of people that follow the herd, that support the mainstream culture, if you're tired of being one of these people that's stranded on the 3 by 5 index card of allowable opinion, then you need to keep listening to this show. And I need you to do a couple things for me. I need you to download and subscribe. I need you to share the show. And I need you to support the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. You can go to our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com. You can support the show monetarily from there. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. That is free. One of the perks of going to the website. And if you can do all that, I will be back to continue to inoculate you from propaganda. And until then, just remember, keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.